This is David Rhymes, and you're listening to Foot Notable, a podcast where we discover the truth is in the details. Good day, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Foot Notable. Yes. Dave Rhymes sitting across from me is Orrin Connor, and we're so glad you're listening to this episode, second in our series on worldviews. Yes. So how are you viewing the world these days, Orrin? It's hot, man. Ah, That's a very good worldview right now. The world is hot. So uh, We live on the sun. So Saturday night, Saturday evening, afternoon, I guess, really. My AC decided not to work again. <laughs> You've been battling this AC thing for a while now. Yeah. So if you're in, if you live in Louisiana, you understand this dilemma. But if you're not, if so happens so happens that you're from a different part of the world where it doesn't get you know, like like sunshine, like if you don't surface live on of the, the sun, sun hot. Yeah. yeah. You don't understand how rapidly a home can heat up in Louisiana in a matter of, of minutes after the AC stops working. And so we've had two technicians come out this summer, and they both say we need a new unit and we need new vent ductwork. Yeah, so it, I got to get a second job. <laughs> right, yeah, you have to get some some side hustle going on there. That's exactly right. You'll be hitting hitting some uh, some garage sales, flipping uh, flipping some toys from the eighties. Uh, <laughs> I will say I, some, count, some, I count my some blessings. crushed velvet, exactly. Elvis paintings. That's exactly right. Yeah, I will count my blessings. The unit is very old. It's it's extended its life beyond what it probably should have. So I'm thankful for that. But it's just yeah. another another expense. But anyway, we survived that. We're back. We're back. Cooled off at the house and managing okay. So we're that's fine. good. Yeah. That's good to know. AC is so important. It, yes. Yeah. What yes. else is important is that you like and follow us on Fair. all of our social media. So we want to invite you to do that before you, you go too much further into the episode or the rest of your day. You can find us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and on YouTube. Yep. We would love for your, your, uh, your, um, what you got. It's not patronage because you're not paying us for this, but support your support. Yeah. Your support and encouragement by following, liking, subscribing, clicking that little uh, notification bell on YouTube. Uh, we feel the love when you yeah. do that. And so Dave, you know, this week I had lunch with someone and they said they listened to our podcast. And I had no idea. So, How about that? No, another fan. Out another there. fan yeah. out there. That's yeah. good. We love our fans. Yeah. They're they're great folks. Well, this this is kind of a, a high quality podcast uh, that uh, reaches a lot of good high quality folks. That's so exactly right. If you're a notable fan, you're in good company. That's exactly right. That's nah, I'm 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 <laughs> I joke. Uh, not that not that you people aren't high quality, but you uh, you've, you definitely are. We're glad to have you. Well, so you, you can tell your low quality friends if you want, right? We'll invite, take them. We'll take them, them to too, listen, yeah. because Orn and I aren't that high quality. Yeah, exactly we right. we don't care who follows us. That's exactly um, right. You know, just everybody jump in. It's fun. No, we love having these conversations. We love hearing from you guys. We do. And so we're actually recording this a little bit off schedule mm-hmm. than we normally do. So we don't have any of the other. Uh, viewing, listening options that we normally do just because we're kind of uh, crunched for time, but that's okay. We are sacrificing those streams for a quality episode as we dive more into worldview. For our original platform, our original Original OG podcast, OG foot footnote podcast. That's right. So yeah, we uh, gave a introduction to worldviews last episode. Mm -hmm. And so I hope that was helpful for everyone, just kind of defining some terms, talking about why these are important. Mm -hmm. And so today we're going to talk about like how worldviews develop and what are some worldviews that 
have been prevalent yeah. and that are prevalent now. Maybe you're not really aware of them sort of by name, mm-hmm. but, but you've seen sort of the characteristics of these worldviews. Yeah. And so we're going to kind of get into that today. And uh, worldviews, as we talked about, they are something that change. And they're everywhere, yeah. They're everywhere. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, people have different views on how the world works, and that includes everything for how governments ought to be, to the value of human life, and uh, even institutions uh, like marriage. Mm-hmm. And uh, we mined the wealth of Seinfeld episodes, mm-hmm. and we came up with uh, a, a great clip. Yeah, this is one of the best. Where... Yeah. Um, you actually have a couple of worldview issues going on in this clip. Mm-hmm. One is uh, Jerry and George have prior into the episode realized that they're just kind of pathetic children. Yes. And they sort of had this epiphany mm-hmm. that their, their current outlook on life, their current worldview is not working. They just, just go through life immature, just from one thing to the next, mooching off everything, no aspiration. Right living for themselves. Pretty selfish, yeah. Very, very selfish, yeah. and that they're going to make this change. They're going to adopt some some new components to their worldview that they believe will make them happy. Mm-hmm. And Jerry is going to share this with Kramer, and Kramer's going to give his take on these things. <laughs> uh, and that's all I'm going to say about that. Kramer I'm just, I'm just going to let... Shatters it all. I'm yeah. just going to let uh, let Kramer speak for himself. So here's, here's this clip from Seinfeld. Wow. Interesting lunch with George Costanza today. Really? We were talking about our lives, and we both kind of realized we're kids. We're not men. So then you asked yourselves, isn't there something more to life? Yes, we did. (laughs) Yeah, well, let me clue you in on something. There isn't. (laughs) There isn't? Absolutely not. I mean, what are you thinking about, Jerry? Marriage? Family? Well, they're yeah. prisons. <laughs> Man-made prisons. You're doing time. You get up in the morning, she's there. You go to sleep at night, she's there. It's like you got to ask permission to, to, to use the bathroom. Is it all right if I use the bathroom? <laughs> yeah. yeah, and you can forget about watching TV while you're eating. I can? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know what? Because it's dinner time. And you know what you do at dinner? What? You talk about your day. <laughs> How was your day today? Did you have a good day today or a bad day today? Well, what kind of day was it? Well, I don't know. How about you? How was your day? <laughs> Boy, it's sad, Jerry. It's a sad state of affairs. I'm glad we had this talk. Oh, you have no idea. <laughs> oh, please don't get friends like Kramer. <laughs> Like, that's that's going to be my advice just right off the bat. Kramer's so proud of himself for giving this important information, oh, yeah. this worldview information to Jerry, and he couldn't be more wrong, but he's so convinced of it. It's right, because Kramer like, has a certain worldview yeah. that, that that sort of selfish independence mm-hmm. is the best way to live. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. He, he, Kramer's kind of the hedonist yes. in, in, in the cast. Absolutely. And um, you know, hedonism, that's a worldview. Yes, it so is. So basically you live for your pleasure, mm-hmm. and that's exactly yes. what Kramer does. Look, when you when you take a suntan on the roof with butter on your skin, yeah. you have some problems. Right. And Kramer has some problems. Yeah, Kramer has some problems. Don't yeah. get advice but from that guy. his worldview isn't isolated only in his own brain. It is definitely not. Yeah. Other people have adopted a very similar or even more extreme 
uh, view of marriage and of very many other things as well. Yeah. And so talking about worldview from, from this perspective and many others is so important for us. So we can, like we said last week, identify what our own worldview is, yeah. but also what we see in the world, other things that are being sort of uh, propagated and, and sort of uh, latched onto by so many other people so we can get our, our minds and hearts right with a biblical worldview. Yes, and that's what we're leading up to because that's going to be our next episode yeah. is getting into that biblical worldview. But this is sort of another uh, layer of foundation mm-hmm. that we're putting down in this one because we do recognize mm-hmm. that worldviews are very important. We all have them. Yes. Everyone has them. You can't say, I don't have a worldview. Yes, you do. Mm-hmm. And we know there's a biblical worldview, mm-hmm. which we're going to be getting more into, into um, the detail next time. But outside of the biblical worldview, no worldview has ever sustained its influence indefinitely. Exactly. This is what I mean by that. Big worldviews have come and gone. Yep. So ideas get formed, and typically they take some time to gain traction in society, but it's a new way of viewing the world. It's yep. a new way of looking at the values and morality and behavior and attitude towards things. Uh, they they do produce produce their own culture yep. out of those new worldviews, and they come along and they they kind of dominate for a while. Uh, at least they have historically, but eventually, guess what happens? They get replaced. They get replaced, mm-hmm. and so we just see uh, throughout history, as best as we can identify. Like I said, worldview is is a more, um, you know, kind of Johnny Come Lately, you know, academic study. Yeah. yeah but you can still see some of the tenets of worldviews throughout history, but you do see them changing. Yeah. And then sometimes they change because somebody takes over yeah. and they bring yeah. in their worldview yeah. and they impose it on a culture. Uh, sometimes they change uh, more commonly these days because of the introduction of new ideas yeah. that people think, you know, have some merit and think that that this could be a better life for them if they look at the world in this way. Right. But it doesn't last forever. No, it doesn't. And so what's interesting about the fact that worldviews change is that there are going to be a lot of people that when they adopt these worldviews, they are adopting it not for its trendiness, so to speak, but they really think that this is going to be a lasting means for my happiness, my purpose in life. And it may be around for a few generations. Yeah. Yeah, well, if you, if you take the example we just listened to, Jerry thinks, well, well, I've 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 been this immature man all these years. Yeah, maybe if I get married, I'll feel like a grown, I'll be a grown up. Right. Well, that's a faulty way of looking at marriage to begin with. Yeah. And so he comes into this with a bad worldview. Kramer comes into it with a bad worldview, and they have this mess of a soup, right? Of bad yes. worldview they're sharing at a table. They're both wrong, really. Yeah. Right? And but Jerry thinks. Well, if, but if I get married, this will change. Or Kramer right. thinks if you get married, then you're going to be in a prison. And they're coming at it very honestly, I believe, and, and maybe emotionally, but their, their, their worldview is faulty because it's built on, on bad ideas. Right. And many people function that way still today. They always have, really, if yeah. being honest. But it seems like um, now uh, worldviews are... Um, have become almost individualistic in a way where people, you get, you get to pick and choose. And we'll talk about that here later, about yeah. the, buf- the, the buffet of worldviews and pick and choose what you want. And that's for you and you do you and you have your truth kind of thing. And what we see is a fracturing in society because there's no unity in how the world should actually operate. Yeah. You, you, you put it really well that, you know, worldviews, you know, they're, they're faulted. They're, they're built on 
things that are not true. And that's why they ultimately fail. That's why they ultimately fade away because people adopt it and thinking, then this is it. We have found the way to live. And then after it plays itself out for a while, they realize, man, this is not, this isn't working. It ends ends poorly. Yeah. Yeah. And so one of the things that we need as believers need to understand, uh, and I think is very key in our discussion is that non-biblical worldviews have a 100% mortality rate. That's right. Worldviews may linger. Mm -hmm. Their influence may outlast the, the, the worldview itself, Mm -hmm. But eventually, even that goes away. And so there is no other worldview outside the biblical worldview that works. And for a worldview to work, not only does it have to answer all the the pressing questions of life, which Mm -hmm. we talked about last episode, Mm -hmm. it has to answer those in a satisfactory way. You just can't give any old answer. Exactly, It's got to make sense. It's got to be satisfying. But number two, it has to work cross-culturally. Yep. Right? Yep. So any worldview that works in a bubble. If, it, if, it, if it's local. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's not a valid worldview right. because you can't pick it up and drop it into another cultural context and have it make sense of the world. Mm-hmm. It doesn't function. Right. And so you need a worldview that can do that to, to really be something that is valid for everyone. Yep. And so let's kind of talk uh, about examples of worldview that have been around in, at least in Western society. Yeah. Again, that's our context. There's a lot of things we could talk about, but in our context, in more recent years, we we could go back, but I think it would just be so foreign to, to, to to us and our our listeners. What's relevant for us. What's relevant for us today. So we're going to start with uh, what's called modernism. Mm -hmm. Um, You may have heard of that. Uh, Now, one thing I will say was to get into this, um, Worldviews, the name of worldviews here in the West over the last couple of hundred years have also been shared as with artistic movements. Yes. So you will hear an artistic movement called modernism and postmodernism. Mm-hmm. They come out of these beliefs, but we're not talking about the artistic movement. We're talking about the worldview. Right. So exactly. I just want to be right. be clear and upfront on that right. um, because those artistic movements have their own set of characteristics that yes. define them. Yes. So we're talking about the worldview. So what in the world was modernism? I use yes. the word was because, again, mortality rate 100%. Yes. Modernism as a worldview is dead. Exactly. But it was something that was very uh, prominent uh, that began back in the early 20th century mm-hmm. that uh, really came on strong. Uh, modernism, as a way of definition, uh, it's reality, knowledge, and morality are founded in science, human reasoning, and objective evidence. Yep. And this this is a child of uh, of the Enlightenment and of the Industrial Revolution. Yes. Modernism is sort of the fruit, almost a grandchild right. in a way, of the Enlightenment. And so what began 300 years, 200 years before, produces in the 20th century this this new way of viewing the world that puts so much emphasis on objective uh, evidence, science, yes. human reasoning, like you just said, um, and everything has to be built on those things that, that you can prove or the sense things you can sense, right? You know, and that's that's what a worldview is built upon. And what what's been proven over the last hundred hundred twenty years is it, it's not completely reliable. Correct. Yeah. So yeah, big big emphasis on the whole science reasoning mm-hmm. evidence thing. 
So where does that put things like God and religion? Uh, Well, faith in God along with other beliefs and values are entirely personal. Mm -hmm. Also, they're subjective. And therefore, they just don't have any place in the realm of objective truth. Right. Right. Because objective truth is kind of the, the king mm-hmm. of modernism. You know, you got to be able to put it in a test tube. Yes. Right. Kind of yes. a kind of a deal. Well, you can't put faith in a test tube. You can't put the spiritual, right. you know, like God in a, in a test tube. So you're welcome to have your spiritual beliefs, yeah. but keep them to yourselves and don't ins- insist that they are the same as scientific objective truth. Exactly. And if your faith has any kind of friction or conflict with scientific reasoning, well, then your faith is irrational and needs to be discarded and removed and replaced with something that's more rational based upon science, objective reasoning, things like that. Yes. So you already mentioned the enlightenment Mm -hmm. being a big influence of this. Mm -hmm. Uh, Also, the, um, the thinking of Freud really played heavily because he was, he was kind of in his heyday leading up to when the enlightenment started, he actually died right at the end of the enlightenment of, right. of the, of modernism, excuse me. And so, um, yeah, he was kind of the hot button, mm-hmm. um, philosopher, psychologist that was driving so much of what was being done in terms of thinking about humanity yep. and what, who we really are and what defines us and things like that. And so he had a major role in that. And then we also see a lot of scientific advances that were coming along. Absolutely. Um, this is this is the day of Einstein. Mm-hmm. Um, this this guy from as a young man, you know, he put a, he put forth his theory of relativity, you know, when he was like in his early twenties, mm-hmm. you know, right in the middle of modernism. Yep. Like this guy blows away the scientific community uh, with uh, his thinking, yeah. and so we've got a lot of advances that are coming on, you know, um, just things that make our life easier yeah. that we now take for granted. Mm-hmm. You know, they're really beginning to be mass produced. You know, think of things like the light bulb, the light bulb, and the you know radio coming on um, and taking the uh, taking its place in communication the way that it did, yeah. and you're just beginning to see the the first um, motion pictures. Yeah, you know the silent movies and things like that. So you know, there's just amazing things happening in medicine, in science, and yeah. in engineering. Yeah. Cars, planes, yes, all that stuff, yeah. all that stuff yeah. was yeah. happening yeah. during this time. And so it looked like science was this magical key mm-hmm. to unlock all of human potential, to provide all the answers to all the big questions that we needed. Okay. And one of the things that characterized um, this is this idea of nihilism. Yeah, and so. Because real faith in God have to be private yeah. and they can't be objective truth, well, then the moral principles that you derive from faith and religion, um, they don't really have any weight anymore. Right. Like you can't guide society based on that anymore. Sure. You need a new standard mm-hmm. because that is for your own private consumption yep. and benefit. So society as a whole cannot look to religious morals and values right. As a, as a way to structure themselves and move forward. Yeah, if you're going to build a moral society, it has to be built, according to modernism, on um, sort of um, scientific or objective principles right. that, that everyone can look at and go, that is right, that is good, that is wrong, that is bad, whatever. And so the idea of faith is since you can't prove God in a, in a scientific yeah. method, that you can't depend upon God or the Bible, for instance, for any kind of real uh, sort of um, societal... Uh, agreement on what is right and good or right and wrong. 
Um, and, and so you have to sort of check your faith at the door, so to speak. You can have it, but we as a culture cannot embrace biblical morality because you can't prove it, which is completely right. false. But, yeah. but that was the way the, the modernist mind yes. worked. And so the, the idea of building a perfect society or a, a utopia for humanity sure. was sort of the goal. Yeah, it seemed possible yeah. with modernism, this exactly. way of thinking that we can eradicate all of our problems. We'll yeah. get rid of poverty. We'll get rid of disease. Mm-hmm. We'll get rid of uh, social inequality. Yep. Yep. It, you know, I guess we're all, we we're all going to wear like the, you know, those, those uh, monochrome jumpsuits yeah. like you see yeah, in, yeah. in these science fiction yeah, yeah. futuristic shows, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, you know, flying around. Yeah. You know, with just no problems. Right, right, exactly. No problems whatsoever. Yeah. The 20th century was the time in which humans began to believe that they could literally make heaven on earth. Yeah. If they use science and reason yeah. to do it. Yeah. So humanism is kind of a product of modernism. Right. And you know, if you want to see uh, humanism and with a little bit of modernism being played out mm-hmm. on screen, watch Star Trek. Yeah, exactly. So Gene Roddenberry was a humanist yeah. who very much was um, heavily, oh man, he was he was into modernism big time. So remember the series came back in the 60s. Yeah. And so he grew up, you know, as a child during the heyday mm-hmm. of, of modernism. He was very influenced by it. And so when he created Star Trek, the whole idea was that I'm going to show on TV what this utopia looks like yeah. because of the benefits of modernism for him you know, he kind of went the humanism route with, with that, um, where just everything was going to be awesome and better. We don't need money. We yeah. don't need, uh, we don't need, you know, medicine. We, mm-hmm. we just, we travel the stars and we do everything for the benefit of humanity yeah. because we will improve ourselves with every new step right. that we make in right. technology and science and, and, and philosophy and things like that. And it was always interesting that the humans were always the, the greater of the beings, right? Yes. You had these lesser beings on other. Yeah, that's where the humanism comes in. Exactly. Or <laughs> the other beings were really evil, and we were the good guys. We were the good and guys. We have our spaceships. We're flying around, and Spock, we, got it, we had it figured out. Yes, yeah, Spock is philosophizing on everything, and 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 we were the good guys that were going to save the universe. We yeah. made Earth a utopia. We can make the universe a utopia, which is the height of human, you know, hubris and arrogance. Sure. But that that's a product of modernism. That's how we it thought is, of yeah. ourselves because we can build big bombs that can blow up cities. We can land spaceships on the moon yeah. we can heal diseases i mean we were achieving the greatness of science yeah and we thought we if we keep going we're going to make a perfect world right and i'm not knocking you star trek fans you trekkies don't don't hear me wrong right. i'm just saying this is an example yeah, exactly. of a worldview that is very plainly being lived out mm-hmm. uh in the storytelling right. particularly of the original series um, um and to some extent uh in the next generation but prior to roddenberry's death yeah, because uh, this dude went, he went full on humanism, Absolutely. like big time, big time. All right, so let's move on from that. Let's talk about what replaced modernism. Yeah, yeah. no surprise, it's called postmodernism. Postmodernism, right? So what comes next? Uh, modernism may have leaned heavily on science and reason, but it sure didn't uh, help with creativity. No, it didn't. Yeah, so, like, what do we call this? Uh, well, what came before? Modernism. Well, let's just call it postmodernism. <laughs> so, postmodernism uh, is a worldview characterized by broad skepticism. Yeah. Modernism said we can know it. Mm-hmm. We can put in a test tube. We can get an answer. 
we can know stuff. Postmodernism said, no, we can't. No, we can't. <laughs> no, we can't. <laughs> you arrogant jerk. Yeah. How dare you believe you right. can know anything? <laughs> you can know anything. So the skepticism, subjectivism, and relativism, yes. which is kind of the big term. Yes. So if you want to like label postmodernism with a term that kind of defines it, relativism, I think, would be that term for me. Exactly. Uh, so everything was just kind of like uh, reason is suspicious, mm-hmm. right? So you can't trust it. Yeah. So it is an absolute departure from modernism. Right. In fact, in a lot of ways, it is this reaction mm-hmm. of the pendulum swinging abruptly in the other direction. Yeah. It feels like a rebellion in a way. Like, uh, yeah. Like yeah. the 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 people of modernism were sort of the the the, the builders. We talk about the builders, the World War right. II generation and the baby boomers. They were your modernists. And then us Gen Xers come along and the millennials come along and we're like, no. Yeah, we're we all cynical. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And it's it's almost as if, you know, modernism <laughs> said this is true. And postmodernism comes as like are you sure? Are you sure? Really, is it? Yeah. Because I have all these examples of where it's not true. And so there's this fracture in a way right. of understanding between generations. How can you know what is true, right? Yeah. So modernism said this is truth. Postmodernism gave the old uh, pilot answer, what is truth? Yeah, exactly. exactly. And so you see it, you know, in the mid 20th century. Mm-hmm. So modernism sort of reached its peak about 1930. Yeah. So about around 1950, as you have a generation shifting, that's kind of making the shift. Postmodernism begins to really take shape and and hit the society. Now, here's the deal: modernity was very well defined. Yeah. Postmodernism is a mess. Yeah. It is absolutely a mess. It's it's try it's 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 trying to put all this stuff in a category, and it's just it's really hard. Yeah. So it's a lot more nebulous Mm -hmm. than. Uh, modernism was, but you can look at some characteristics. Um, science and history, for one, can be objectively true or false. Yeah. Now, before science is always true because science produced evidence yeah. that that gave proof for what was real and true. Well, now, maybe not. Yeah. Not just science, but history. Yeah. History yeah. may not be true. And so that means you can sort of rewrite and reinterpret science and history. So in case you listeners are sort of going, "Mm, things today are starting to make a little bit more sense. Exactly. Well, now you're beginning to see why. Mm -hmm. So this whole thing about logic and science and reason and technology, they're fine. You can use them to better humanity, but they can't really be trusted. They can't be absolute. They can't be absolute. Right. And so it's not it's not well organized as a worldview. It's very scattered, mm-hmm. but it was very influential Absolutely. in a lot of ways. I think more influential than than modernism was. Yeah. And maybe I say that because you and I grew up in a postmodern world. Yeah, we're living in the middle like of we, it. Yeah. As, as kids, teenagers, mm-hmm. you know, postmodernism was the the predominant way that people were thinking right. uh, here in the West. Yeah. And so maybe that's why I, I kind of think that. But we still see traces of postmodernism today, even though it has lost a lot of its influence yeah. and, and potency as a worldview. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's kind of still there. We're, we're going to talk about that buffet just a l- little bit. It's still an offering on the buffet. Oh, yeah, sure. You know, whereas modernism is just kind of like, man, that's yeah. that's trash. Yeah. Throw it out. Mm-hmm. Postmodernity has kind of lingered. And because it has some tenets in it. Sure. 
that people find attractive. Yeah. Um, so again, I, I talked about Star Trek being an example. Uh, that was sort of kind of after the fact, mm -hmm. um, but, di but displayed characteristics of uh, modernity. Mm -hmm. If you want to know something that is really popular in society today, yeah. that was written back during the postmodern time, uh, that is the book *The Handmaid's Tale*, mm. which has now been turned into a, a a series. Yeah. I, I, I've never watched it, so I have no clue how close it is to to the book by Margaret Atwood, uh, who wrote it. Margaret Atwood's Canadian. Uh, author who wrote The Handmaid's Tale. Mm -hmm. uh, she was a feminist, deep into the postmodern worldview. Mm -hmm. Most of her books have a strong postmodern bent to them yep. in some way. And because a lot of people look at The Handmaid's Tale and go, well, this is a critique on fundamental religion. Right. So right. I'm not going to get into the whole story. Mm -hmm. uh, that's not what the, the, post, the, the podcast is about today. But if you are familiar with The Handmaid's Tale, the book or the series, you know that they're is a, a very strong uh, negative bent towards uh, the, the, the sort of ultra-religious fundamentalists mm -hmm. who took over the country right. and imposed sort of a Christian version of Sharia law, basically, yeah, basically yeah. on everyone. Yeah. And, and to some extent, that critique is there, but what, what Atwood is doing is she is applying the postmodern worldview to her, her story. Yeah. And she's just basically talking about how you can't trust any of this stuff. No. You, you can't trust religion. You can't trust government. You can't trust people that are convinced of what they believe right. is absolutely true. Yeah. And so if someone says there is a God and this is what he wants us to do, you go, uh-uh. Yeah. Not, it's not for everybody. Right. Right. And, and we talked about modernism sort of um, helping the individual to feel maybe empowered because of science and reason, all these types of things. Well, yeah. an individualistic approach is sort of sort of uh, flowers, if, if you will, in postmodernism, where it's all about you, the individual, and what you believe and what you want to uh, yeah. do with your life. And so no one can tell you what's right or wrong. You have to decide it for yourself. Right. And so the, uh, the idea of objective, absolute truth is cast aside because um, the, 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 the products or the byproducts of that can be really oppressive or yeah. hard for people, which in some cases that may be true. But but postmodernism makes the individual the supreme being. Yeah. Right. And that's right. where we have the problems we're facing. Yeah, today. absolutely. So that's what that's what Atwood really does. Uh, to what extent I th was she trying to like lay out the worldview in this way? I, yeah, I don't know. Right. Um, didn't ask her. Um, but no. you know, even in the book, the way it ends, mm -hmm. you still don't know who was what was true, what was right. right. Exactly. And it's just it's left completely up to the reader mm -hmm. to try to assign truth and meaning to these characters and these right. movements and these, these ideas that are being portrayed in the book. So worldviews are powerful and they are on display all the, time. all the time in a variety of ways. But like I said, worldviews come and worldviews go. Mm -hmm. And post-modernity uh, eventually played itself out. Why? Because it just didn't function as a worldview. Right. You just couldn't go around second guessing everything. Right. Something has to be true. Yep. Even though there's such an emphasis today on the absence of objective truth, mm -hmm. the reality is you need it. Yeah. Because Absolutely. the statement that there is no objective truth is itself an objective truth statement. Exactly. And so this is why worldviews crumble eventually. 
when you are built on faulty principles that cannot work within the worldview or outside the worldview, eventually it's just going to come, it's going to fall down. Right. It's, it's, like, having, it's like having a bad foundation on a house. It's yeah. going to crack. It's going to come, come tumbling down. So what is there beyond modernity and post-modernity for us today yeah. in, in 2021 uh, when we are recording this episode? So instead of having these sort of monolithic worldviews, single worldviews that people are looking to and, and thinking through, now you just sort of have this smorgasbord yeah. of beliefs and worldviews that people are sort of picking and choosing what they want. So technology has allowed us to have amazing communication to get information very rapidly. Mm -hmm. So now we're more aware of how people think about things in other parts of the world, in other parts of the world. So we are exposed to different beliefs, different values, different ways of looking at the world. And so now instead of having these monolithic worldviews, now we have the buffet. Yep. And on the buffet, I, I like a good buffet, Warren. How about you? Amen. Yes, indeed. So long as the buffet includes bacon. Well, yeah. Right. Yeah, if it's yeah. not you know, like salad bar. No. No. But buffet where there's a big tub of bacon. Meat, yes. I'll take it. I'm, I'm all for that. Yes. But that's the way we look at worldviews mm-hmm. today as a society. In one bin, you have a little bit of this. In another bin, you have a little bit of this. And you kind of go down the line. And there's all these options. Mm-hmm. You have your plate. And they're all the same. Yeah, and you're and right. They're all valid options yeah. you can choose from. And right. you have your plate, and your plate is your worldview. Yeah. Because no longer do I need to adhere to a, a, a worldview. Mm-hmm. Now I can create my own worldview, and I can get my little worldview tongs, and I can put a little bit of this on my worldview plate, a little bit of that on my worldview plate. Mm-hmm. And I don't have to take everything. Right. I can take what I like, and I can leave what I don't like. And so when I go to my table, I've got my worldview mm-hmm. that I've created, based on all the things that I like about the, the various worldviews at the buffet. Right. That's sort of how we do it these days. Yeah. And everybody at the table sitting in front of a plate of food has an equally valid plate of food, yeah. right? They're all the same. Right. They're just different because that's what I chose for myself. Right. I'm looking over at someone with no bacon on their plate. Right. And I'm thinking, man, that guy is nuts. Right. But they're completely happy yeah. with their plate because they well, chose what they wanted. They, they probably think I'm nuts because I got bacon on my plate. They could have a pile of rat poison on their plate, but they, and their worldview is, is, or their, their food is equally valid and equally right. healthy for them as it is for me, yeah. though I know better. Right. Right. But they, they view it that way. Yeah. So what you have is you have an umbrella worldview right. that allows for the, the creation of micro worldviews yes. for each individual. Yes. And the umbrella worldview is, it's all good, yeah. basically. Yeah. Whatever truth you want, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Have your truth, enjoy it, live it the way you want to live it. Don't let anybody else tell you otherwise. That is sort of a a, a, a gross <laughs> understatement yeah. of this great umbrella worldview right. that Western people tend to operate under. Mm-hmm. And so that's why we belly up to the buffet to pick and choose a worldview that's tailor-made for us. Yep. Yep. So what's on the buffet line? Unfortunately, yep. it's not bacon. No, no, <laughs> no. But there's some. Uh, there's there's a lot of some of what we talked about, and there's a lot of some new stuff. Yeah, that uh, has been developed in society for a while now, 
And um, even within these kind of four categories we'll talk about, there are variations and different Correct. degrees within them that you can sort of make alterations and adjustments to to fit your life and what you want your life to be. And this is where the fracturing in society comes is because yeah. we're coming from this from so many different angles now. Correct. Yeah. And we've left off some things. Yeah, absolutely. Because yeah. the buffet line would just go on for about a quarter of a mile sure. if, if we were to actually put everything out there. So we chose four that we think have a lot of influence yeah. today in culture and also in the church. Yes. And so let's go ahead and let's go uh, to our first buffet uh, spot. And this is what's called new spirituality. Yes. So human beings have always been spiritual. God made us yes. spiritual beings. So there's never been a time in society where people were were unspiritual. Mm-hmm. There's just there was a there was much of society, particularly in modernity, where that was sort of curtailed or kept right. on a on a lid on top of for the sake of science and 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 reason. But in this new age that we live in now, we're all spiritual beings. The universe is out there yeah. and everything's the same. Christian, Muslim, Buddhist, Hindu, New Age, whatever you believe, they're all the same. Whatever is best for you, then you choose that for yourself and you do the best you can to live by it, so long as it doesn't come in conflict with my choice, my worldview. Yeah. And so there is this spirituality, and you hear this a lot today. I don't I'm not a Christian, but I am spiritual. Sure. I'm not religious, but I'm spiritual. Mm-hmm. This is a common thread yeah. in our society today. And this spirituality has no real definition. It has no real uh, foundation or meaning. Yeah. It's make it up as you go, pick and choose what you want. Um, and it is prevalent and pervasive Very much so. in our society and even in our churches today. Yes. You see it all over theology. You do. Music, it's being expressed in this way. People don't even know it sometimes. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, as, as I, we think of them, we'll throw them out there. Um, you know, these uh, film versions that we, we see, I yeah. would put um, the book and the movie The Shack. Yep, as exactly. a as a yep. new spirituality yep. expression, mm-hmm. uh, where you have a very kind of almost pantheistic view of God. Yep. Um, it's 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 completely unbiblical. Yes. Got a copy of the Shack. If you want to read it, just for your own academic purposes to see this worldview, what the tenets are, mm-hmm. I think that's appropriate. Yeah, but please don't read that book thinking that this is an. A valid biblical expression yeah. of who God is. It's so bad. It's yeah. not. It's so complete. Bad. It's complete heresy. But it fits in that new spirituality category, uh, where you can just sort of have whatever kind of version of God, mm-hmm. or gods, or spirits that best fits you, and it's yeah. all valid. Yeah. So you may call it God. You may call it Jesus. You may call it Allah or Gaia or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's all the same. Yeah. It's really all the same. We're basically kind of all, you know, it's the whole idea that all paths lead to God. Yeah. You know, so uh, this is sort of a, a hyped up version mm-hmm. of that. And it's a version of spirituality that very much holds to the idea of karma. Yes. If yes. you do good things, good things yeah. will happen. If you do bad things, bad things will happen exactly. to you. Yes. Again, it's not a biblical uh, idea by any stretch of the imagination, but it is prevalent in the new spirituality and you do find it in church. Yeah. Um, sadly. Um, but also very prevalent in our society today and new spirituality, I think has, uh, helped uh, open the door for a revitalization of paganism. Yes. Old absolutely. world paganism. Yes. 
uh, we are seeing that ramp up in a very, very big way. Yeah. Um, just yesterday, I had to go pick up a rental car. Um, we'll, we'll get into why. But I pick up a rental car, and the lady behind the counter there at, at, the, at the rental car place, very nice, very professional. But I immediately noticed her crystal yeah. that she was wearing around her neck. Mm-hmm. Now, when you and I were kids, if someone was wearing a crystal, yeah. they probably had a whole lot of other paraphernalia yeah. that sort of made them look like a kook, yeah, right? Sure, sure. And they were very kind of overt in their new age pagan mm-hmm. practices. Mm-hmm. This lady did not look pagan. No. She was dressed professionally. She uh, re- we re- interacted with me in a very normal manner, mm-hmm. had a very nice conversation as we transact business. Mm-hmm. But yet, whether she understands what she's wearing or not, yeah. she has a symbol of paganism mm-hmm. around her neck. Now, like I said, I'm not saying that, oh, well, I've got a pair of earrings that's made out of amethyst. Is that, is that, no. Pay- no, 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 we're not talking about that. We're talking about, uh, there are very clear, distinct type of jewelry yeah. that is associated with, with paganism. Uh, and, and this happened to be yeah. one. So um, I'm not just sort of uh, taking something that she was wearing that was nice and right, giving right. it my own spin. Right, right. So it was very clearly a, a pagan symbol. Yeah. But we see that so often, yeah. and, and it begins to creep into people's thoughts, mm-hmm. and it provides them just sort of this very open way to view spiritual life yeah. that doesn't we, have any restrictions. If you've been on the road driving, you see this in the coexist bumper sticker, right? Yeah. Like you have this this word coexist and all these different symbols from all these different religions are next to each other. And what that message is, these are all equally valid religious worldviews yeah. or, or beliefs. We should all just learn how to get along, right? Uh, another example that I've seen pre- and very prevalent in our society, if you go to a... Um, a very common like rock concert, yeah. pop concert, and you see a crowd of people with their hands raised singing with the leaders. In many cases, it's a very spiritual experience for them. Yeah, And in some cases, that's sort of their religious expression, Sure, whatever that artist is leading them to sing, in the same way that we would in worship in a church. Yeah. And so you see this, this, this undercurrent of spirituality in the lives yeah. of many young people, especially. This is not only young people, but yeah. it's very predominant now. And they're looking for ways to express that. And this buffet line gives them an opportunity, uh, though faulty, and an opportunity to express it however they choose to, right? Mm-hmm. And so this is where you get this sort of smorgasbord of yeah. different beliefs. Um, and they cling to, maybe they don't even know, but maybe they're reverting back to some of these pagan practices that were that have been practiced for thousands of years, really. Um, and they might not even be aware of that. Right. They're just doing whatever their sinful hearts tell them to do. Yeah. And uh, that's where we get into some, to some of these, these different expressions of paganism. Yes. So new spirituality is one of those things people put on their plate in crafting their worldview these days. Another thing that they may consider and choose is secularism. Uh, That may be something that you are more familiar with, listener, uh, because that term has been around for a good long while and uh, refers to a variety of things. Uh, So we're going to try to kind of just nail down some tenets as it pertains to how it functions in the worldview. And so secularism um, science is necessary to establish truth. Yes. So it's it's kind of borrowing back from modernity. Yeah, modernism. Yeah. The the importance of science. Mm-hmm. You need to have science to establish a foundation of truth in the world. That's one thing. 
But here's where you move away from um, the any any value in religion. Mm-hmm. Okay, again, borrowing from modernity, society becomes the entity that determines the value of life. Right. Okay. So religion does not mm-hmm. determine my value, your value, as a as a person. Mm-hmm. Society gets to make that call. Wow. So even if I don't, even if I'm not religious, I as the I as the individual do not get to make that call. That's what that ultimately means as well. the The popular vote trumps my preference. Yes. When it comes to the value of life. Yeah. So the majority wins. Yeah. And so what the majority says is true is true for today at least. Yes. And that could change in a right. year or two or twenty or whatever it may be. Yeah. And it does yeah. change. Yeah. And all the time. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So you are basically subject to what the crowd or the masses mm-hmm. or in our modern times the mob decides yes. is true. And if you get out of line, well, then you are um, you're working against societal progress, right? Right. The only way we're going to progress, and again, this is borrowing a little bit from from modernity. We can make a better world. Yeah. But we all have to agree on the same things, right? Right. And if you don't, particularly if you hold a worldview that's that's biblical or that is not secularist, well, then you're getting in the way. Yep. Right. And this is very common. Um, and you see this a lot in across the world, different different political systems. The masses get to determine what is right and wrong, what is true and what is not. Right. And so um, the the meaning of life is determined by what most people think. Right. Which is interesting to me because secularism puts a heavy emphasis on science. Yeah. But then it gives the power to choose truth to society. Yes. So this is why we have the situation in our culture today where for in the gender debate, mm-hmm. science tells us there are two genders. Yes. But society gets to determine their version mm-hmm. of truth, and their version of truth is that there are infinite numbers of genders. Right. In c- complete contradiction to science. Yep. And so secularism is just a broken worldview because that they, they try to they try to have their cake and eat it too. Yep. They want two standards of truth, science and society. They will never agree. And they'll always, they'll, yeah. they'll always revert to the one that's, that serves their purposes yeah, or is exactly. most, most convenient for them. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And in secularism, meaning is material. Yeah. Man, make your money, get your stuff, mm-hmm. live large, fun. Mm-hmm. Just it's all about what you can acquire. And so, you know, things like greed, uh, things like the accumulation of, of, of wealth mm-hmm. and uh, things, mm-hmm. cars, homes, gadgets, power, power, things. people mm-hmm. that, Hey, whatever you got to do, mm-hmm. because you derive your meaning based on what you have. Yep. And so the more you have, the more meaning and yep. purpose exactly. and value you have. And why? Cause society is determined. He right. who has the most has the power yes, is exactly. the most important. Exactly. Yes. And so, you know, you can just kind of think that through what that does to people who don't have. Yeah. Um, and and that, 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 that idea, that worldview has been true for probably the, the whole of human history. Sure. People that have had the money and the, and the, and the wealth have had the power. Yeah. Um, but now because it, particularly in America where there's so much access to wealth and power for many, many people, mm-hmm. you can forge your own way and become your own god, essentially. Right, right, and that's that's the the sort of um, mentality is I rule my life, 
and no one tells me otherwise, right? And you feel especially empowered when you're part of a larger group who all agrees that that's how you should live your life as well, Yeah. right? And so it's incredibly dangerous, but it's also incredibly attractive because it, yes. it feeds the selfish heart. It feeds the individual. And, uh, and we see a lot of bad expressions of that that have, have brought great, great harm to our, to our world. Yes, we have. So secularism is one of those things at the buffet. Mm-hmm. Another thing, uh, which we've already talked, so we'll just kind of mention it briefly here, move on, is postmodernism. Yeah. It's, it's still around, uh, even though it's a lot more anemic than what it used to be, uh, you know, coming out of mid-century, mid-20th century. But it's still there. Yeah. Um, you know, this idea that we can't know any meaning for certain mm-hmm. is still popular for some folks. Individuals, rather than society, right. defines what's true, what's, what's moral, what's right. Um, and then that makes offensive beliefs just flat out wrong. Yeah. yeah. And so why? Because... I get to determine what is true for me. So postmodernism feeds into sort of that umbrella worldview that we have, which allows us to begin making our little plates of worldview because I determine what is true for me. Yes. And now with the proliferation of ideas available to me, I can just, I can have at it. Yeah. And if you don't like it, if you don't like the fact that uh, I have, if you don't like the fact that I've got bacon on my plate, well, then you should shut up yeah. because this is my truth. This is my plate. Mm-hmm. Who are you to tell me what I can and can't have on my plate? And who are you to, to like or not like what I have on my plate? Yeah. And it also allows me to sit across the table from you as a vegan and go, how dare you right. kill those, those animals and eat those, those precious pigs? They are, they are spiritual beings themselves. They, they are right. part of the ecosystem of the world. How dare you? you know? And so now you have these completely different worldviews about bacon, right? Right. Because one says it's perfectly fine for me to eat it. You can't tell me otherwise. The other one says you should never eat that. You're an evil person yeah. because you're eating an animal. And both of these worldviews are supposed to be able to coexist. Now, bacon's a, a, maybe a silly example, but this goes to deep morality and objective truth. Yes. And it, I mean, it is the reason why we experience so much conflict, that the, that the secularist and the postmodernist can often come in conflict with one another because their worldviews yeah. don't always jive. They don't always fit together. And so postmodernism is still quite prevalent, although it may not be as, as um, pronounced as it once was in society. Right. Because yeah. there's, there's just so many other things yeah, sure. competing mm-hmm. for our attention and, and allegiance. So lastly, um, on the buffet, you'll find Marxism. Yes. And you're hearing more about Marxism, I think, these days um, for a number of different reasons. Um, a lot of people think they know what Marxism is. Yeah. <laughs> But not everybody you talk to mm-hmm. actually has a correct working definition of Marxism. And so we're not going to get into all of what Marxism is and how that came to be, but it is a, a growing worldview yeah. that is gaining popularity in a lot of circles. And some folks are putting it on their worldview plate. Yes, And so uh, Marxism um, does not like the idea of private property. Right. Uh, to, to own things is basically an expression of your greed. Mm-hmm. Um, the government needs to control all goods and resources. Right. You don't get to have stuff. The government's got it all. The government needs to manage it. They need to dole it out. They need to be the ones that are um, basically the, the power brokers of the goods and resources for society. 
And Marxism also has this idea that society is basically controlled by those with power who then use that power to oppress those who don't have power. Exactly. Right. Now, we know that people who have power abuse it Always. and oppress. Always, yes. So while that is true, and even the Bible speaks out against that, mm-hmm. uh, Marxism is sort of the core idea from which a lot of current uh, communism, socialism, mm-hmm. and other philosophies yeah. uh, that aren't quite fully formed worldviews, but yeah. very prominent philosophies uh, that have formed mm-hmm. uh, over the year. Anything that is in the critical theory yep. category yep. Uh, is heavily informed by Marxism, not exclusively informed by Marxism, right. but heavily informed by Marxism. And so... This is becoming a growing um, item to put on your plate. And a lot of it is to, to sort of shuffle and rethink how we view power structures, how we view uh, material wealth and property and things like that and the government's role, uh, what it should and shouldn't be. Right. And, and people view Marxism as, um, as a form of government. It's a worldview. It's a worldview. Right. It's it's, yeah. a, it's a worldview. Uh, socialism is a form, it's of, a form government. of government. It's an expression Correct. of Marxism. It's often, a political economic exactly. system. I've often made the point that, you know, uh, the communists and the fascists in World War II, the, the Russians and the Germans hated each other. Yep. But both of their systems of government were children of Marx. Yes. Right? Fascism and communism both came out of the school of Marx. And, and so as Americans, we we're especially sensitive to that because we are not a Marxist, socialist, communist country. Right. But, but we have to also have to understand that our, our understanding of a democratic republic is based off of a worldview. Correct. Right? It's a form of government based off of a certain kind of worldview. Yes. That was established and, and, and propagated by the founding fathers of our country. And so there's a lot of conflict right now because when we see our, our society struggling, people want to find an answer for it. Well, science hasn't been the answer. Right. right. Postmodernism wasn't the answer. Maybe Marxism is the answer. Yeah. Right. Um, but when you talk to the average Joe on the street, if they trust the government, most of them will say no. Right. But many of them will surrender their power and rights to the government to tell them what they, how they how to live their lives. Because there's a desire to want to somehow bring yeah. peace and unity. We, we, we have this deep desire to have this oneness. Right. I think yeah. that's God given. But there's oh, for only sure. one way. And yeah. It's a biblical worldview. Like you said before, every other worldview has a 100% mortality rate. It will fail. And we see Marxist societies crumbling all the time. They don't survive because, because the human spirit will not, will not fit into that little box, that little mold. People break right. out of it constantly. And they oppress. They can't sustain people's lives. And so people rebel against it. And they, it breaks down. I mean, you lived in Mali for seven years. You saw the effects of socialism, yes. one looter after another, after another, it just right. doesn't work. But people see, keep going back to that. Well, think, well, maybe we'll get it right this time. And it never works because it's a faulty, flawed worldview in which you establish a government system on it. Right. So knowing what worldviews are out there, yeah. how they are shaping our thinking, how they're shaping the thinking of others is so important mm-hmm. because people act out of their worldview. Exactly. They speak, do, out of their worldview. Culture is created out of their worldview. Mm-hmm. And so none of the, the, the culture is not there in a vacuum. No, never. There's a reason for, there's a reason for it. There's a why behind it. And the why is the worldview. Yep. 
And so now that we have all these items on the buffet that we're putting on our plates, we have to start to really critique worldviews. Yes. I think more, uh, more closely than what we have in the past because it's not as cut and dry. Right, exactly. It, when it was just modernism, okay, that was easy. When it was just postmodernism, fine. I don't even know what you got on your plate. Right, exactly. You know, I have to get to know someone mm-hmm. and I have to learn to listen so I can start to identify characteristics of the, the various worldviews mm-hmm. that they are mashing together. Yeah. Because here's what people do. They don't, they're, they're not like some kids that don't want the stuff touching on their plate. <laughs> Once they get to the table, they take mix the fork and then they just mix it all up. Yeah. It's hard to extract the individual worldviews yep. because what people do is they mesh them together and creates their own worldview. So you have to really listen. And so you have individuals with individual worldviews that don't work. Yeah. So you, now you have a problem that is exponentially worse than when you had a society who shared yes. a non-functioning worldview. Exactly. Now, every person you meet, if they're not a follower of Christ and have not yielded their worldview to the Lordship of Christ and his word, mm-hmm. their worldview is unique and it's broken. Yeah. So what do you do with that as a church? So what we need to do is we need to understand what is the better unchanging lasting worldview that God has given us? Yes. God has created this world. He has designed it for a purpose mm-hmm. and he knows how it functions best. And here's the deal. That worldview, as we'll talk about next week, mm-hmm. it works for us sitting here in Baton Rouge, yep. just the same without any necessary changes mm-hmm. being made as someone sitting on the island of Madagascar. Amen. And so next week, we're going to finally get to what you've been waiting for <laughs> in this series as we explore the biblical worldview and we start looking at how it answers those big questions and how it helps us make sense as we compare it against some of these broken worldviews that are becoming so prevalent and we'll also get into why the biblical worldview is not the American worldview. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, yeah. So it it, it existed yeah. long before America did. That yes. is correct. And so and, we're going to try to start yeah. trying to separate those out yeah. uh, for you because yeah. um, just being American is not holding to a biblical worldview. Exactly. Exactly. There are some things that are unbiblical about our American worldview. Sure. Absolutely. And yeah. so we'll yeah. we'll get into some of that next week. Mm-hmm. So. Get ready. Get ready. If you've got questions about worldviews or any of the ones that you've heard, mm-hmm. we'd love to know about it. Tell you us. can email us at footnotable at fbcbr.com. You can go to our Facebook page, facebook.com backslash footnotable podcast. You can even stick them in the comments there. Yeah. Direct message us. Instagram, you can put comments there. There's, there's all kind of ways. Contact us. Just contact Let us. us. Know. If you've got us questions know. about these things, Ask us. We'd love to interact with you on those. Mm -hmm. And uh, maybe we'll even answer your question on air in a coming episode. We'd love it. We'd love it. So thank you so much for joining us. And we will see you all next time. Next time.